The real estate market is booming. Whether you look in the suburbs or the city, Chicago continues to expand, creating incredible opportunities for those in the know. We'll connect with Chicago's real estate moguls to bring you the wisdom and expertise to help make your next real estate move a lucrative one on the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Real Estate Moguls Podcast. Today I'm joined by real estate broker Wendy Andrade. Wendy, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Tony. It's my pleasure. No, it's been a pleasure and, and getting to know you and just, uh, you know, to, to see the ambitious payoff, the ambition payoff, right? Because as I've come to understand, you you haven't been in real estate too, too long. No, no, barely uh, a little bit after, a little bit over a year now. But you have made some waves and, you know, the, the confidence doesn't escape you, right? Of course not. Of course not. And I think the confidence comes from many other places as for well. For sure, for sure. And uh, we'll get into that. But why don't we start how you actually got uh, into real estate? Because it's it wasn't um, something you went to school for. Yes. So, well, let's start off by I was named Wendy after the Windy City, <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> right, right, so right. it starts at birth. Um, but essentially... My parents moved seven times growing up, went to three different elementary schools. I moved a lot. I was always around real estate agents. Um, I just never thought that that was a career that I wanted to pursue. I'm the youngest of four, first generation Mexican-American. The doctorate route, the dream, right? My parents' sacrifices was the only opportunity that I really had. Ever thought that was possible uh, to make it out of the trenches. And I went and I got my farm D. So I was in pharmacy school in St. Louis for about six years. I graduated. I was 24 years old, making six figures and absolutely miserable. Really? Yeah. Um, I was just ready to get out. I tried uh, retail. I did pharmaceutical consulting. I did clinical at a hospital. And just none of that was was my passion is what I ended up finding out. During my last clinical job, I actually started looking into real estate investing. I was under contract on a triplex myself, and my realtor at that time was like, hey, you know, you're you're great at this. Like, have you ever considered real estate? And that he kind of gave me the push to get my license, joined his team, and next thing you know, I'm doing real estate. Wow. Yeah. And, and you seem really happy doing it. I, I say I never work a day in my life. Wow. I love what I do. That's amazing. Thank you. And but you, I mean, you started um, with like actually investing yourself, though. That wasn't like it was something, and, and it was a podcast for you about things, right? Yeah. No, and it was actually I listened to um, Felipe Mejia's podcast, like mm. Real Estate Rookie, and I was like, I saw a first generation Mexican do it, so why can't I be an investor myself? And I, you know, once I started seeing houses and I was like, wait, I can just show these houses myself. I could do this myself. Right. Um, and I had really good mentorship as well. Uh, joining the team is 15 guys and myself, all multifamily investors. So it was, you know, they threw me into everything, residential, wow. commercial investments. And what's the biggest takeaway from, I mean, obviously you see that you're, you're happier, but, you know, and, and you kind of look back at the journey of, of trying to figure things out, you know, going to pharmacy school, getting, you know, becoming a pharmacist, going through that and, and, and exploring other options. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's the biggest takeaway or things you've learned from making that switch beyond, you know, the happiness that, that like I said, you can see? Sure. I think it's genuinely feeling fulfilled of like being able to help others. So I, one of the, I'm a little, not a little big on social, but I share a lot of my story on social media and a lot of people, you know, I got a lot of hate of like, you know, why are you doing this career versus something that actually helps people? And I'm like, well, I actually, I help people that are going through a divorce. I help people that have to buy their first home. I, 
I, I've seen my parents lose a home in a short sale, and I know the emotional distress that could be there and the empathy and the compassion that mm. us as realtors actually need to have to genuinely care about people. And I think I'm filling that void in the real estate game of really being able to be someone who wants to help people in well, a different space. Absolutely. And, and I think we talked about it a little bit, but, you know, it's unfortunate. And it just it's a consequence a lot of times of sales. But when, <laughs> you know, you lose sight of that and you start to see, especially when, you know, 2020 and, and you know, the, the, the housing shortage and just people going kind of nuts mm-hmm. over that and it became a lot more transactional, I think. And yeah. you started to see that not only in the way that uh, realtors approach relationships or even selling, but also in that social media part that, uh, it, it, like we talked about, it was all about, you know, just listed or just sold or, you know, here's the numbers. And it had not like no one cares. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> like, how, how is it beneficial that, you know, you just sold this house to me or on social media that I like, OK, beyond, you know, you needing your ego stroked. Yeah. What is that? Who is that really for? Right. Yeah. And and I, I'm seems like you just completely didn't take that approach and it was more about being personal and connecting and sharing that way yeah absolutely and one of the things that I shared with you earlier was that I don't ask anyone can I be your realtor I'm not in anyone's dms like people come to me because they see that I'm human I'm genuine I'm I'm authentic and a lot of my social strategy is just being myself and people want to work with me because of who I am they know that there's someone they could trust with a big purchase and that's kind of where uh, it's it's brought me a lot of success, thankfully. No, and and also with success, I think comes um, when you hear this a lot, and and you mention it with with your assistant, but also that how <laughs> people don't look at you and say, oh, you're the listing agent, or you're this, and it could be because you look very young, it could be because you know a lot of things, right? Yeah. But what what how? And tell me a little bit about it, but just also. How do you deal with that and still maintain that peace and that joy that that you know you carry with you? Sure, I think a lot of the foundational, uh, I guess, traits that I picked up from pharmacy was professionalism, right? So I think when it comes to my real estate career, I'm extremely professional. So I show up to a listing appointment and there's an agent and one of them, you know, I have an out-of-state client and he's just like, "Where's your client?" Like giving me attitude in front of like my assistant and I, and it's like just being calm, being collected. Like I have a person that's trying to buy property. They don't live in the state. I've already had that conversation with you. Um, Or versus when we're in a room and I'm a five foot tall Latina woman and they look at my assistant who's a white male with colored eyes and they automatically present the listing to him versus to me and they assume that he's the agent. Um, And I think a lot of the times it, it comes with being underestimated, right? But I've received that my whole life that I've learned how to handle it, that when people find out I am a pharmacist or when people find out I'm the agent, then they feel kind of silly, right? They, they kind of feel a little stupid to like, oh, uh, you know, sorry to disrespect. And it's like, no disrespect taken because I know who I am in my core. I don't need validation from those people. And I think that's one of my, the things my assistant tells me. He's like, you're, you're too calm. Like, how do you handle that? Like, I get mad for you. And I'm like... I mean, what, like I, I tell you, the best piece of advice is you could be dead. <laughs> I'm alive, I'm in great health, and I live a dream every single day. And that seems like something that you, you know, just in talking to you, that you look at the brighter side of things always, right? Yeah. And you do, you just have a smile about you that um, I, I think goes a long way in transmuting those situations as well. Absolutely. Right? But it's also that uh, it seems like you don't take things personally, and it's so easy mm-hmm. to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to take things personally, and yet it, I don't think being underestimated is something that 
um, speaks to the person because it just mm-hmm. that seems so common mm-hmm. nowadays that everyone's underestimating everyone else yeah. because everyone's <laughs> underestimating themselves, right? So it's just a projection. Projection. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So you know, in terms of how you've connected or how you like basically broke into the industry, because the confidence thing, like you said, was also as a result of previous work experiences, life experiences. So it's not like you're showing up without confidence or needing to build that. But mm-hmm. wh- where did you find success early on that inspired you to, to, to keep going and you know build off that? Of course, I'm actually part of a five-member team, um, the Hargi Group. And when I first joined, she was really successful through Zillow. And she kind of explained and showed us the ropes through that platform. Uh, that's where I started. I'm no longer doing that anymore because I'm able to get organic growth through my social. But mm. Um, that definitely gave me a lot of the confidence of getting things under contract and learning the processes to where now when I do meet someone and they have questions about home ownership or purchasing or investing, I feel really confident having those conversations since I've already done it before. And I'm sure being part of a team has also helped. Like you were mentioning, you had some nightmare deal recently, right? Oh my goodness, Tony. <laughs> Who should I? Uh, Agi Ariana. we literally talked about. He said he's going to be on Oprah and he's going to share that story. So I'll, I'll let him share that one. Um, but that, yeah, that dramatic, huh? It was it was bad. The worst thing I've ever seen. Wow. And he said in his real estate career as well. And, and that's our attorneys with twenty plus years of experience. Um, it. I had a client flying in from out of out of state. Um, we were supposed to close on a Friday. Lender situation. I mean, we don't. I won't even get too far into it, but. <laughs> It was a disaster. We were able to close on time. Um, she's one of my best friends now, so Interesting. It, it, it worked out, but okay. just a lot of bumps in the road and headaches. And that's why now I'm like, okay, now I can deal with literally anything. Well, and, and, and you see that in real estate a lot, that it has a huge attrition rate where people, you know, something like 50% of realtors don't make any money at all. And then mm-hmm. like 80% of realtors drop off within the first like two years or three years yeah. or less, you know, yeah. um, what advice would you give to realtors who are starting out and, you know, maybe are a little overwhelmed by some of those problematic deals or things that just get difficult, yeah. or, you know, find success. Well, to begin, I don't think that anyone should be an agent for the money. I told in any career situation whatsoever, it's like, stop chasing the money. It's not about the money. I made more money as a pharmacist than I did in my first year in real estate. But I was happy. I was passionate. I was fulfilled. And I think when you lead by your passion and do things out of love and what you enjoy to do, that work comes and you attract those types of clients. So I think my biggest advice is just, follow your heart like I know it sounds so corny because when people would tell me that I was like there's no way like I got to pay my bills but I I'm just following your passion and, and, and on that you know just in giving advice you know we talked about the the social media aspect of things and how realtors really use the platform what advice would you give to realtors to change <laughs> that too because I think it's it's important as an industry oh my right? god can I, I have a whole checklist please, realtors yeah, yeah. please stop using filters Please stop recording on the platforms. Like, figure out stabilization. Three, stop making really long videos. Four, stop showing the houses and doing full walkthroughs. Like, there's, I'm actually planning on launching a course just to show realtors how to really create impactful social media content because it's so easy once you learn it. And it's like no one cares what you bought or who you, what you sold and all of those little things. Like, who are you? I'm trusting. I want. Am I, do I want to be around you when I'm, I'm when you're showing me houses? Do I look forward? I have a client. Every single showing, I would show up with a lollipop for his for her two year old son. 
um, we're closing the end of this month and, you know, I'm getting him like a little Home Depot kit. He loves, you know, building. And it's those relationships where it's like, realtors, why don't you showcase like, you know, walking to like the lollipop and giving it to the, the kid. Like those are little things that people want to see and people care about and people want to be around. Well, and it's also about building a brand, right? And, mm-hmm. and, and what it sounds like is that even just as I'm kind of hearing you, but that being a farm pharmacist, like there's a lot of privacy that needs to mm-hmm. be maintained for mm-hmm. protection, you know, for your protection, but also, yeah. you know, they're just, it's a little bit of a colder transaction too. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're in like an exact opposite, right? So yeah. is it just something that's come natural to you or, or have you had to, to learn to be more vulnerable and, and get comfortable in front of the camera or is that... You know, just, I guess, what was your experience with that? With social in general? Yeah, well, like, I, I think, so for, and I, I don't know if I mentioned it already, but within real estate, like I say legally I've been doing it for a little over a year, but realistically I saw my first contract when I was 12. I helped my parents move a lot. So the whole like short sales, understanding the lingo, I think provides a confidence. Um, but as far as social media and, and growing that, it was really weird getting in front of the camera for the first time when I started growing my following and kind of think, it, but it, it came from a place and it took self-awareness of myself to recognize I just cared about what Claire I went to high school with thought about my video. Was she going to cringe when she saw what I had to say? Yeah. Versus like just letting go of what anyone else thinks about you and talk to your audience. Your fam- And I think that was another thing I mentioned, like your family, your friends, are not your clients. Yeah. Like find your dream client. My dream clients are like uh I don't know have you ever heard the acronyms in the real estate? They're like dodos, um uh they're like dad of only daughters. That's actually one of the things oh, Louie yeah. mentioned. And I actually I asked Lou, I was like, "Wait, do you guys give yourself those terms as clients?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, no, that's like a known thing." Um another one is like dual income no kids right, things yeah. like those uh terminologies. So I think it's like know your audience, know who, what type of client you want and have your content speak to that type of person, right? For sure. And the other thing you had mentioned was that also that um, you want people to feel empowered and inspired. Mm-hmm. Right? So how do you weave that into an industry that is very you know, salesy and that's still an important part of it? How do you, yeah, how, how do you empower and inspire people through what you're doing? Sure, so it started, um, actually have like over 70,000 on TikTok. And it started because I just started sharing my story of, hey, you know, I'm a first generation. I was told I was never going to be able to get my doctorate. And I failed my first chemistry exam. And I was the only Mexican in my entire college. And not even real estate in the picture, just who I was as a person and the adversities that I faced getting a doctorate, being 24, being young, being a woman, being a minority, walking the stage as the only Latina in the whole college, Tony, not even the, the class, the college, wow. there was a, a, they gave out the demographics on my first year and it was a, a pie chart and it was Hispanics, 0.5%. And I'm like, I think that's just me if I'm like wow. half of a percent. Wow. And uh, what is, like, how, did, how do you feel about that? Or what is that? I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean, it is what it is, yeah. right? And you, yeah. But, but what does that do for you in terms of either in motivation or wanting to, you know, see others or other Latino, Latinos in those roles, right? Absolutely. And I, and I think that's where my experience, thankfully, I had an amazing support system throughout college, uh, family being first and foremost. But 
I think once I started sharing that story, I didn't know I was any special. And I didn't walk around or I didn't throw a pity party for myself. Mm -hmm. And I didn't think that I deserved anything for being, I actually didn't even get any scholarship money. That's how uh, oblivious I was. Because the thought of someone giving me money. Oh, you didn't try for it? I didn't. I Tony, I'm like the first generation college graduate in my family. Like I had no idea scholarships, grants. Wow. I, I filled out the FAFSA. Like, I am my mom when it comes, right, <laughs> you know, right, like, right, I right. fill out all the paperwork. Like, I... Well, you're saying since 12 years old, you were looking at contracts. I, so. <laughs> I was doing my own thing. Like, I, I I helped my parents so much. And I think, like, when, you know, during school, I was just always known to figure out my own shit. That I just did what I had to do. And once I shared that story and people were like, wow, you're this is so inspiring to see. And you give me hope that I can do that to her. Oh, I just... I didn't even know pharmacy was a, a career. I was my first year in pharmacy school. I did not know the difference between a PhD, a PharmD, or an MD. Hmm. I thought I was getting a PhD. I had no one could have told me otherwise until my roommate did. Yeah. Uh, so I think there's just so many things as first generations that we don't know. And I think being so oblivious actually helped my case because I had I didn't even know that I didn't know that we didn't belong in those spaces. Yeah. And I mean, that's exactly, I mean, the whole premise of this entire platform is that because I went through that, you know, that imposter syndrome that, mm. you know, not, not belonging in certain places. Mm-hmm. And so how do you see yourself now as far as being more, like I see you as a leader. I mean, it's natural leadership, mm-hmm. right, that, that you possess those qualities. But in terms of using your, your experiences and, and, and what you've seen so far to change the industry you're in now, whether that be for you know, uh, empowering minorities or, or mm-hmm. even just changing the industry for everyone. Absolutely. And I think it, it starts with us. So, for example, my goal in real estate, I am part of a team, but she empowers us to have our own teams if that's what our goal is. Right. Oh, wow. So she wants to help us, mentor us, give us the tools so that we can have that. I have a lot of people reaching out like, hey, I want to be a real estate agent. Like, can you mentor me? Uh, so I think it's, it's starting a team that's reflective and representative of myself and my community and my people. I mean, we're the hardest working people that, <laughs> you know, Hispanics usually are. And I, I know that I there's a lot of great potential there. And I think having my own team one day would be really cool. I'm just a bunch of badass Latinos just killing it in the real estate game. Um, but on my way here, I was actually talking to my photographer and it was a conversation about, look, he's like, how do you get listings? And I was like, well, you have to know people that own real estate. And that's the problem. Who mm, owns real estate? Right. Not us. Very rarely. We're, we're often, you know, immig- child of immigrant parents right. that can't buy. So they're renting. Absolutely. Uh, so we, I, I did start a lot more within the buyer side, but I'm, uh, I've been breaking through into listings now. And, you know, it's not like you said, we're hardworking. And, and I've actually mm-hmm. more recently heard that because I used to think it was all Latinos <laughs> and Hispanics. And uh, I started to hear a lot of South Americans are like, you know, we thought we were hardworking. And then we come here and we see Mexicans <laughs> and we're like, yeah, you guys are another level. Yeah. So it's not for a lack of effort, right, that you see. But it is oftentimes just the education and, and again, yeah. that imposter syndrome of, mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is that's preventing people. How, how have you had to then maybe in the community shift the mindset or, or, or how do you get people away from that mentality and, and into the belief that, you know, not only can they do it, but they're deserving of it. Absolutely. And I think it's it's a verbal affirmation. I think mm-hmm. our community, right, are, are we don't grow up with those validators of I'm proud of you. You're doing a great job. Wow, this is great work. Uh, that's something that every single person on my team hears from me, uh, from my photographer, my drone guy, mm-hmm. uh, my assistant. It's just 
praise, give praise where praise is due. And that itself is going to inspire, motivate that person to continue doing their best work. Absolutely. So what's next for you? What is what is on the horizon? I mean, you mentioned having a team or, you know, potentially that, but like what, what are some of those goals, whether they be in real estate or outside of real estate, that you're using your um, your professional experiences, but also your platform yeah. that maybe you go after? So my, I mean, passive income is always the goal, right? Financial freedom. I, I'd be silly to say that I wouldn't be investing in real estate. Uh, my goal is to have 10 properties by 30. Um, so, you know, getting the ball rolling there. And I think just figuring out, like doing what I love. So for example, I had two closes last week. I have one close this Friday. I have one the end of the month and one already for next month. So having the, like, the success come through through my work and what I love to do, but being able to fund my long-term goals of real estate investments. That's amazing. And, and how can people support you, follow you, get a hold of you, or you know, reach out if they're looking to get into real estate? Yes, of course. So my handle is the Wendy City. Um, and just on Instagram, DM, TikTok, uh, Facebook, whatever platform. But Instagram's probably the best way to get in my DMs. <laughs> I try my best to check those. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming in, you know, sharing a little bit about who you are. I'm sure there's a lot more to it, right? Yeah. And I'm sure we'll, we'll unpack that in other episodes. But, you know, I appreciate you coming in, sharing your story and being a part of this community. Absolutely. You made it a great experience, Tony. Thank you so much.